Welcome to the CRE Shark Eye Show, where we discuss commercial real estate. This is your host, Ishai Breslauer. Here we meet every Monday to talk commercial real estate and prop tech. We will dive deep into the different asset classes, discuss the market, talk about the new and exciting technologies, meet key people in the industry, and get some inspiration. Let's begin. Hey guys, before we start, I just want to point out the six best secrets for commercial real estate. It's a free download. Go to the text side and you will find it. It has absolutely great information, completely free, how to become a landlord, how to determine the value of a property, or creative financing for commercial real estate. All of it is completely free. Go download it. Also, I want to point out my CRE crash course. It's a two-week must-have program with a must-have skills for commercial real estate, like investment strategies, the must-have financial terms, how a deal is done. Go take a look at it, go to the text side, and click on the link. And now, let's continue with our program. Hey guys, how are you? This is Ishai Breslauer, your host of the CRE Shark Eye Show. Hope you guys are doing great today. I'll tell you what, today I have a person who is so well-rounded. It's like, uh, it sounds like uh, he's a point guard, he is, he's a guard, he's a center, it's like all around, and I'm so looking forward to this interview. Um, Brett, thank you so much for being with us, Brett Swartz. Ishai, a pleasure to be here, looking forward to adding some value to you and your listeners. I look forward to that. I'll tell you what, before we even start, because we have so much to talk about, I read your profile, and before I ramble about you and I go on and on about your experience, give us a, you know, before we even start, give us a two-minute elevator pitch about what your business is today. Um, we help people defer capital gains taxes on the sale of highly appreciated assets, not using a 1031 exchange. And most people know 1031 exchange, but they don't know how to defer taxes on crypto, primary homes, businesses. And they really struggle and get frustrated with exiting. These highly appreciated businesses have huge estate tax, have large capital gains tax, and they're looking for some freedom and some flexibility on the way that they can exit and access that capital and and or uh, be able to invest into um, and build wealth with it. And so we help people map out those plans, use a particular DST, not the one you're thinking of probably. Uh, it's called a deferred sales trust. And we we find that it provides some freedoms for people that they're really looking for. And we love it because it helps them create and preserve more wealth. That's awesome. Gives us such an amazing thing. A lot of stuff to talk about. Um, you know what? Before we go and dig into this, um, this whole world of tax and deferment, meaning and and uh, and the DST, and there's so much I want to know about. But before that, give us a little bit. Let's go. Let's go. You know, back in time. Let's go back in time. Let's see where did you get into real estate and got into this whole taxation business. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I, I fell in love with real estate at a young age with my mom and my 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 dad and my brother building homes in the Bay Area of California, um, Silicon Valley, and uh, we built lots of homes and had a chance to to see cash flow and how to be an entrepreneur, how to be a business owner, how to develop something from the ground up. And fast forward, had a chance to study and practice multifamily brokerage at a place called Marcus and Millichap, 
where we learn the fundamentals of underwriting, cap rates and IRRs and cash flows and 1031 exchanges and adding value, negotiating, really just becoming a commercial real estate advisor, if you will, an expert in numbers and, and, and deals. And, um, you know, we, we fell in love with the 1031 exchange because of what it could do, but then it found out that it wasn't always our friend. And sometimes you can put you in a position where you're overpaying for properties. And that was especially found out in 2008. So I started in 06 at Marcus and Millichap. And in 2008, the market obviously took a big hit. And during that time period, friends, family, and clients lost half or everything. And that was the that was kind of the, the opening moment of like, there's got to be a better way. We, we can't just go back to just the old ways of doing things, which, which tend to be honestly lack of freedom, right? Lack of flexibility. So at the same time, I was just getting starting in the business. Uh, my wife and I had a baby on the way and we were, we were, we were barely, barely surviving, if you will, because I was a hundred percent commission and she was full-time home with our daughter. And so we had a decision to make. And the decision was essentially, uh, Brett, go get a real job and a real job, meaning, you know, an hourly job, not based upon commission and or Brett, go work multiple jobs on the weekends and keep your commission, hundred uh, percent commission, multi, uh, multifamily broker career going. And that began the journey of working at Cheesecake Factory by night. And then by day, I would talk to clients, negotiate with banks and help them structure their properties in a better better position to get through the 08 crash. And it was during this time that we learned about the Deferred Sales Trust. And that became uh, the new thing to do or new thing to explore. And like most people hearing about it for the first time, we thought it was too good to be true. But if it was true and it worked, this would change the way that we would forever trade in and out of real estate. Um, and so fast forward, um, you know, we, we launched our company five years ago and I've helped, you know, clients, friends, family, and I work with professionals across the country to help them understand the simplicity and the elegance of what this offers. So they don't have to feel trapped by capital gains tax when exiting highly appreciated assets. And so uh, my wife and I have five kids now. I was able to retire from the Cheesecake Factory. And uh, now I've got a chance to, to sit down with you know professionals like yourself to, to explore what, what the Deferred Sales Trust can do for them and their clients. I love the story. Beautiful. I want to go back to one point. Very, very interesting to me. Um, the point where you found out about DST, about the first sale task, uh, tax, and and the re- the moment that was the aha moment, and you said, "Oh my gosh, what was that moment?" Tell us a little bit about about the revealed eureka moment. Yeah, you have to start with the pain, you know. And so, one of my particular clients, he had fifty million dollars of investment real estate, and he was leveraged about eighty percent, and he had done multiple ten thirty one exchanges, so we had a very low basis. And he owned a lot of C-class assets. And this is in 2000, you know, early 2007. We were saying, hey, now's a good time to, to trade, to you know, maybe get into a little more stable assets, maybe pay down some of your debt. And he goes, guys, I can't. He goes, I'm in, I've done multiple 1031 exchanges. I have a lot of debt and I don't want to overpay for property. So I'm just going to hold on. And that began the, you know, the beginning of the end because over the next three years, he lost everything. He lost all $50 million worth of real estate because he had too much debt, too much, not enough liquidity, and not enough diversification. And our parents taught us to sell high and buy low. They didn't teach us to sell high and buy higher 180 days later, especially what we're seeing right right now, right? We're seeing cap rates that are, you know, 
maybe going down, maybe going up a little bit, right? But we're seeing interest rates that about doubled in the past year. And so you go, does it make sense? The inverse um, doesn't make sense. The negative arbitrage doesn't make sense. But in that time, um, it didn't make sense for a number of reasons to 1031 either. But he took no action because he felt he had no option because of the capital gains tax and in California and New York, you know, our main places where we're from. That is, you know, about 40% state, federal, Obamacare, and depreciation recapture. 40% is a pretty good number on the game. And so what happened? He lost everything. And so I saw the blood in the streets in Sacramento in particular. It's a really boom and bust type of city. It goes really high and really hot, really fast, and it tends to go down faster than like a San Francisco or Los Angeles or San Diego, because it's more of a, a secondary type of a, a city, if you will. That being said, he lost it all. So we, we said, there's got to be a better way. We hear this over and over and over again from people who say, hey, I, lo- I love the 1031, but you need to find that deal before I sell as a broker, or you need to line it up before I won't trade, or or they're running out of time and there's there's 10 days left to identify and they're scrambling and they got it's like they have a gun to their head to purchase and the seller knows it and the seller just holds them hostage. Now right. as brokers, guess what? Most brokers don't want you to know about the deferred sales trust or or even a, even the 1031 companies because they want to keep you in that 1031 transaction loop, right? But it became very apparent that 1031 exchange was blockbuster and it was not Netflix and when when all of the pain happened. And so we said if there is a better way, if there's even a possibility it is it is our kind of responsibility and our stewardship to to know about this. We're supposed to be the best type of commercial real estate brokers to help our clients. And if we're going to serve them at the highest level, we've got to vet and look at these opportunities to see if it's going to be a good fit for them. Now let them let them decide. And people laughed at me. People said, "What are you wasting your time on?" And it was funny because the Marcus and Millichap broker who brought in um, the gentleman who's one of my strategic alliances now to speak on this. Um, and train us on this. He brought it into 30 agents. We all sat there listening to the same presentation. There was only two of us that really actually took action, right? And that's another kind of concept here. And part of it was because a lot of people are are used to the status quo or they don't want to rock the boat with with presenting new ideas. They just want to keep the transactions flowing. But I said, there's there's this is too big. Like if this is real, this will change everything. And uh, so that's what it was. I, I was more curious and open minded. And I began calling, you know, calling CPAs, calling owners, but it's like the prophet is not accepted in his hometown. Have you ever heard that before? I was like the guy that wasn't a CPA, wasn't a tax attorney. I was just a broker who knew 1031 exchanges. So a lot of people honestly just either just dismissed it or said, tell you what, it sounds kind of cool. Come back to us when you've closed some deals. But in the looking meantime, for something I'm, more authoritative, right? When it comes yeah, to and things. or just yeah. come back when deals have closed, or come back when my value of my property is now fifty percent higher because it's just it, it just cut in half, or you know, just cut in half by twenty or thirty percent. So it, it, that was kind of the that was kind of the revelation over the next number of of months and years. I, hopefully, that answers your question. Tell me something, just out of curiosity, that friend or that client that you had that lost, as you as you said, everything. Was it valuation wise, meaning in terms of the of his properties because they were too much high risk, C class, et cetera? And uh meaning what was his option at the time that he could have done uh before we get into the you know deferred sell? Uh, I think it was a mix between three things. Yeah. Number one, he was too highly leveraged. In fact, we train and coach and we talk to our clients that if you never sell and you only ever refinance up to 50% LTV and you just buy properties, that's a great way to not only 
not pay any tax because refinancing is not taxable, right? But also to keep yourself from getting into trouble in case, you know, uh, especially if it's a multifamily investments. Now, if you're single tenant, right? If you're, if you're, you know, uh, retail, if your office, especially you got to, it's everything is market specific, but you've got to be careful there. But for multifamily, the general rule of thumb, if you only ever leverage up to 50% and you only ever just refinance and buy more, it's, it's actually pretty simple to build a lot of wealth, right? Uh, for him, he had done multiple 1031 exchanges and part of the 1031, which is you got to remember is you have to replace equal or greater value. Right, which, which also means equal or greater debt if you have debt on, that right, you're, you're, right, you're having right. out. Increased debt, yeah. So it, it all it seems like you're always buying and bringing on more debt, more debt, more debt, and then if the music stops and you get caught, and obviously the one of the worst markets ever, then that was the second thing. The market absolutely shifted. Banks froze up, and banks started you know putting pressure on people. Then you had coupled with the marketplace that lost so many jobs that a lot of tenants stopped paying rent. Right. And they and that now you have right, these right. three things going against you. The last one, I guess he said he didn't have diversification and liquidity. So we believe in today's marketplace, having diversification and liquidity and having your powder dry ready to pounce on deals is the single best way to grow your wealth right now and to preserve your wealth. And that's what the deferred sales trust allows you to do. We're, we we allow we could have, you know, had he had we known about it and had he executed on it, he could have sold at the peak, he could have paid off all of his debt. He could have deferred all of his tax. He could have put it into liquid investment uh, grade securities. He could have hedged and protected. This is a lot of ifs, right? But this is part of how we help people map this out. And he could have waited. In fact, someone actually did this. In 2006, a gentleman sold a $20 million asset. And this is one of the foundational stories for my clients and for myself of why I started the company. And this guy hates the stock market. He loves 1031 exchanges. He's worth about $200 million at the time. He sells a $20 million asset. He looks around with his 1031 binoculars. He's like, this doesn't make any sense. He parks the funds into the deferred sales trust. And five years later, he puts it into you know very conservative investments that were hedged and protected because he's not a big stock market guy either. So even when the market crashed, he was hedged and protected. He didn't lose a lot. He also didn't make a lot. He was kind of even. But five years later, the property that he sold, the bank foreclosed on it. And wow. they call him up and they say, hey, we're curious. Do you want to buy it back? And he goes, well, maybe. What's the price? And they say about 60 cents on the dollar. And he said, sure, give me a couple of days. And he was able to work with the trust. That's amazing. Uh, to partner with the trust. Let me finish this last part, right? Partner with the trust to buy it back at 60 cents on the dollar, all tax deferred. Not using a 10 through one. Obviously, it's five years later. And he still hasn't paid capital gains tax on that. He, he sold hot, he bought low. So this is the Netflix. So once you understand that, most people will never go back to a 1031. Right, they'll only ever use the deferred sales trust, but it does take time, education, getting to know us, getting to know the deals, how it can work, what the costs are, all of those things, the legal track record. But once you get it, you'll it will most people never go back to Blockbuster. You know what? I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to I want to play a game, as we call it. Um, let's say I have a property, a multifamily property, a C class property, very similar to what the other guy had. I have a 70 you know, seventy uh, percent LTV, and uh, and I want to sell it. I don't want to do ten thirty one exchange for all the reasons that you applied, and I want to go for your solution. How do I do that? Where where's the money going? If you can walk us through it and and explain how it works. Yeah, we just did a deal in New York. Uh, we did a couple of deals in New York, but in particular, um, it was about a two million dollar exit. And their basis was around. 
I think 200,000, you know, this, they've owned it for a long time. And so they had about a $1.8 million gain. And as you know, state, federal, Obamacare, let's just use 40% was the tax. So we always wanted to find the problem. So they had a $720,000 tax liability problem. So they needed a capital gains tax solution to their problem. Well, so what he could have just 1031 a $720,000 tax liability problem. Right. Okay. Oh, oh, what kind of property? Yeah, it was um I think it was uh this he had a couple of properties. So this one was this one was a um uh, a duplex that he sold, right? Okay. And so sounds, so yeah, it sounds about right with the numbers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so and he had he had a huge huge gain and he had depreciated it over all the all the years, right? And so he had done 1031 exchanges. So it's the same thing, right? right? Remember your depreciation schedule travels. Anyway, so we define the problem. So step one is we form a trust. Step two, we insert the trust into the purchase and sale agreement. We find a third-party buyer for $2 million. He, that's good right there. And upon the close of escrow, what's going to happen is going to be uh, basically two closes. The first close is to the trust. The asset is sold to the trust, but it's sold on an installment note, which is known as a seller carryback. So my client carried paper basically for $2 million for the trust, 100% financing. And the trust sells the asset to the ultimate buyer who brings the full $2 million of cash or gets a loan, doesn't really matter. But right. when the smoke clears, the buyer takes title as he normally would. The trust has the $2 million and it's owed to the original seller. And it's typically structured at 10-year promissory notes, typically between 5 and 8% compounding interest rate. And it's typically 10-year term. Most of our notes are structured as interest-only payments. So that keeps that extra 720 working for the client. And uh, it pays out slowly over time. Now, the client will pay tax slowly over time. The investments can be based upon their risk tolerance, based upon their dollar cost averaging strategy. We work with third-party financial advisors. But most of our real estate entrepreneur clients are buying their own deals when it makes sense. And or they're going into hard money lending. They're lending the funds out and visit, they're working with multifamily syndicators who, who already have a huge track record and a huge, huge team behind them where they don't have to do it themselves. Because guess what? The baby boomers that are retiring, they're tired of the toilet's trash liability. Right. But they also don't want to give it all the way up to a Delaware statutory trust company that ties and locks up for typically five, seven, maybe sometimes 10 years. No control, no liquidity, no diversification, huge fees. And by the way, I've done Delaware Statutory Trust and they have their place. They can solve mortgage over basis challenges and, and it's sometimes peaceful mailbox money, but the returns are typically around just 5%, but you can't be really be an entrepreneur. You're not really diversified. You have no liquidity. You have no control. That's why it's still considered blockbuster, right? That's how we define this or and, and or a Hollywood video, right? Maybe the one down the street where we're Netflix because we give such flexibility for the client to be an entrepreneur, to grow their wealth but we do it at their timing. There's no 45 day, there's no 180, there's no like kind replacement requirement. There's no debt replacement requirement. We can also move funds outside of the taxable estate to eliminate state tax. Okay, we just did a deal for a client who's worth 25 million. They were selling a $5 million asset in Colorado and all of their 25 million was all in real estate. And their biggest thing was not just capital gains tax, it was eliminating state tax. And so most people, you know, either run out of time, run out of kids, or can't gift it away fast enough, or have to give it all the way to charity with the deferred sales trust. Plus, we can move funds outside of the taxable estate in one single day without going into the gifting exemptions. And so these are the advanced tax strategies and, and team that we build around 
yourself, your clients, and we come in and we help to give stuff that's beyond just what most people would think is even possible. Tell me something, the liquidity of this thing is there? Meaning if I want to use the money, can I use the money or is there are rules that say, no, yeah, you cannot touch the money for X amount of days or stuff like that? Yeah, so it depends on how we set it up, but generally speaking, you can use the money. It's your money. And you can take distributions up front. You can take large distributions and then monthly distributions, quarterly. Um, depends on how we structure it. Whatever you receive, you're going to pay tax on, right? right? So this is a deferral mechanism. So understand that. But a lot of our clients uh, might delay payments for a year while they relocate from New York to Florida and establish residency in Florida. And now they're in that new tax state where the interest payments are ordinary income based upon the, the state you live in. A lot of clients from California do that to Nevada or California to Florida or Texas or whatever. So that's one strategy that we kind of look at. Um, now, if you take a big distribution, you're going to, you know, out of, the, out of the principal, you'll pay cap gains tax on that. Um, but most clients will just live off the interest payments. Um, now, the other question, or the, maybe what you're referring to, is, well, can I invest into whatever I want when I want? Uh, the answer is, yeah, you really can. But we have some, we do have some parameters that we build. Uh, for example, um, we want to keep at least twenty percent of the total trust funds in some kind of diversified, typically, you know, dividend-paying stock portfolio, safe um, to have liquidity. We don't want to also overstress the trust because the trust has payments. Think of it like a C-Corp, right? And think of it, you're like the CEO. My role is the trustee. If people are curious and wondering, I'm a third-party unrelated trustee, which we can talk about here in a minute. And then there's a third-party financial advisor. And basically, we're coming to you with ideas. You're coming to the trust with ideas. And collectively, we're saying, how do we get the money back plus a 5 to 8% rate of return um, over this period of time? And most of our clients, like for example, another client in Alabama, he sold a $2.6 million business and he deferred all the tax, about 600000 Then he partnered with the trust to build 70 multifamily units in Tennessee, a portion of it. It didn't, you know, it couldn't pay for all of that, but he had another partner there. So, so the answer is yes. And it also depends on how we structure it. Um, and there are some guidelines that we follow to stay within the rules of, of, of the tax uh, strategy. So hopefully that answers your question. Tell me something. If I understand correctly, let's say I did this whole this whole thing. I moved to another state or we're not. I, I sold the property, moved into the trust. Everything is fine. We divided the trust to a certain type of, a, of, a, of an investment fund, whatever it is. And then we kept it in the trust, kept the rest in the trust. And at a certain point, I say, okay, I want to go and buy this property in a completely different area. And according to what you said, the the second the money leaves the trust, I have to pay taxes on it. Is there a way if I buy another property to move the money into the property and that would not pay taxes? Yeah, let me clarify. To- the only time you pay taxes is when you receive a, you receive a personal distribution to your personal bank account. Ah, but I got can, it. Okay. Can you partner with the trust and form a new LLC and open up a business bank account where you're the managing member and you're the you're the majority owner of that LLC and have an investment real estate property or some kind of business venture? All tax deferred. The answer is yes. So so we call this lendership, right? So most people when they hear this, they're like. Well, okay, so I'm a lender. I get that. But isn't that going to limit what I can do and how I can do things? Well, if that was the only thing you were going to do it with, and some people do that, and they're just like, hey, I'm happy with the five to eight. But most of our entrepreneur real estate clients say, I want to go make some more money when the deals make sense. So how do right. I do that, Brett? 
Well, that's the way we come in and we structure and we help you through that. But the simple answer is you form an LLC. You partner with the trust. The trust typically puts up all of the money, ask for a preferred return. And then you go and buy that property, right? You go invest into that business venture. We had a client who exited $5 million of Bitcoin. She bought it at 50K and it went to 50 million at 54,000 a coin. It's now obviously much lower. But at 54,000 a coin, she exited 5 million of that 50 million of Bitcoin into the deferred sales trust. And I said, hey, why didn't you sell it before? She goes, Brett, the capital gains tax. I had 1.85 million of capital gains tax. And number two, I didn't have a great business venture until now. And the business venture she had was like a Khan Academy online technology company that can spread education and help help, help kids um, uh, learn faster. So she partnered with the trust, four of the 5 million went into this new business venture, right? And that was great because obviously the market has crashed since, right? Um, at least she got out when she did and she has it in a business venture. And this is part of why people were wondering, well, well how is this legal? How is this good for the IRS? Well, guess in her scenario, how good it is. It's great. She exited 5 million. She's creating more jobs. She's creating educational content, you know, a business. Um, she's She didn't, you know, lose 50 million, go to down to, I don't know, maybe like- I love it. 10, you get it, right? Yeah. Tell me something. Is there a point where a person would say, Listen, I don't want to do that. A 1031 exchange is better. Meaning, what is the point where 1031 exchange comes in and says, that's yeah. going to be a better solution for me at that point? Yeah, let me be very clear. I'm still a multifamily broker. I'm with eXp Commercial, and we help people do 1031 exchanges all the time. Right. Um, however, we do it on our terms. We don't do it on the seller's terms. And this is the beauty. We give them the ability to back out and, and say, Mr. Seller, I'll call your bluff. I don't need to do your 1031. I don't need to identify the deferred sales trust. It's my backup plan already. I already have my team in place. I don't need to buy this deal. Um, however, the reason they would buy the deal, to answer your question, they're going to buy the deal because the deal makes sense. The cash flow makes sense. They like the, the intrinsic deal. value yeah. makes sense. They would have bought it anyways, regardless of their their, their tax deferral situation. And so um, buy it based upon the value, not letting the tax tail wag the investment dog all day long. But guess what? Those are kind of hard to find. You know, inventory is still pretty low. Now, sellers seem to be softening up a little bit and prices seem to be happening. So we do think there's some opportunities, but you don't want to force yourself to overpay in a higher interest rate environment where cap rates are still still kind of, you know, let's say, um, you know, tempered from where they potentially could be in the next six to 12 months. And that's where the deferred sales trust gives you all the leverage and all the time that you need to make a great decision. Right. For the most part, when actually the market is very high, which was a few months ago, that's the best timing. It seems like that. When you want to go and move your money around and you don't want to buy any property, you just want to keep that in a place where you want to use it at a certain point, that sounds to me like the best solution. Yeah, um, or diversify, just diversify. I mean, we do partial 1031 exchanges and partial deferred sales trust. We used to have a client, he sold uh, $10 million with a land in Texas. He did a partial 1031 exchange into South Carolina. And then a partial 1031 exchange into Oklahoma. Nice. And then he you can did the rest of it into the yeah. deferred sales trust, right? So it was a th- it was it was, you know, it was a third, a third, a third about, right? Into into to two different assets plus the deferred sales trust. So sometimes it's not just a one size fits all. It's really sitting down with someone, helping them clarify and have a tax flow and a cash flow mindset clarify and build the team to help them execute what they're really trying to do. And, and then, and then going out and just executing on that with us. So that's, that's the key. It does take some time and energy. And sometimes that means moving from your existing team or until they're trained with us. Well, and we'll train people. We love to train and coach people on how to do this. 
um, this is what we're about. And so um, hopefully that answers the question or gives you some more insight on that. Tell me something. Does that work only from an LLC or C Corp or something like that? Or does it work also for a private person, meaning families? Yeah, who does this work home? for? Yeah, who qualifies and who, is it, who does this work exactly. for? Or anyone who has an asset that is selling, it has at least a million dollar net proceeds and a million dollar gain. So there are some minimums, okay? Million dollar net proceeds, million dollar gain. But it, it's really anyone who has an individual, a C Corp, an S Corp, an LLC, GP interest, carried interest, captive insurance, primary homes, cryptocurrency, businesses, investment, real estate. It can save a failing 1031 exchange. In fact, if you're listening to this, you're going to want to sure to get with, with uh, me and uh, uh, Isha to make sure that you have a qualified intermediary that will allow the deferred sales trust as a backup plan. Because if you don't, you're going to get in a position where I have people call on me and they say, my funds are with so-and-so QI company and they won't cooperate, Brett. I'm about to pay millions of tax and they won't, you know, they don't want to cooperate with the deferred sales trust. I'm like, yeah, they don't want you right. to know about this. Never use them ever again. You're on 1031 jail. So yeah, we're super flexible. It works for partnership separations. We just did a $13 million deal in um, San Diego and this particular property, so I can get the picture, uh, it was, it was a car wash. They built this thing from the ground up and all in at $4 million. And they were looking at a huge tax and part of it, they wanted to separate their, they wanted to separate the partnership a little bit. One of them wanted to go their own way. So one of them just paid their tax. The other three did the deferred sales trust, right? So not all the partners have to move. Here's another one is a $33 million deal. Uh, this is in Vegas. This is the fifth deal my client has done. David, you can hear his whole story. But two GPs did it and one LP did it and the rest of the LP just paid their tax. Wow. So- it's very, very flexible. Yeah. So I just I just want to tell our listeners that Brad just showed me two deals, meaning because you guys are listening, you're not watching. You can go to the YouTube channel, of course, and watch it. But uh, he just showed me one deal of a car wash and another deal of, uh, what was it? The multifamily. It was an apartment complex. Yeah, yeah. An apartment complex uh, in Nevada. So uh, beautiful story. I love that. Um, going forward, and I, I want to shift gears a little bit. Going forward for you. Um, what's your next goal in terms of what you do with taxes, with multifamily, as a broker, et cetera, et cetera? What your own goals? Yeah, I mean, the vision for the company um, is to have, um, you know, training coach uh, the top 5% of commercial brokers, residential luxury agents, M&A advisors, CPAs across the country with with this deferred sales trust over the next 10 years. We want to get the top 10,000 across the country. Um, in particular, we want to we want to be managing over a billion dollars within ten years. Um, but we'll really focus on on some of the major crises that are going on in America, right? And those major crises have to do with yes. the U.S. debt, have to do with with multifamily housing, right? Um, have to do with exiting and building a legacy for their families, um, and and really having the solutions which provides for what I call the ten freedoms that the DST provides, and these happen to do with you know retirement freedom, ten thirty one freedom, estate tax freedom, happens to do with location and time and energy freedom. It could be um, your your legacy. Um, it could be um, you know partnership freedom. Um, it could be new depreciation freedom. We have all these different things that you can tap into. So Some many people resonate with. Yeah, yeah. So, I want to ask you a crazy question. How come it's not a known thing? Ten thirty one exchange. You one of one of the most, I guess. Meaning everyone who's in real estate and CRE knows what ten thirty one exchange is. It's one of the most popular things. DST, not. 
and it seems like an unbelievable solution. How come? Good question. So it has been around for about 27 years now, and there has been thousands of closes, billions under management, over 20 no-change IRS audits. For those who are on the inside with us, they know that, and it's, be, it's become a you know, foregone conclusion that it's legal, it works, it's legit. The biggest thing we found is there's just 5,000 qualified intermediary companies, and they're running around with the bang in the drum of the 1031, and they have their lobbyists to, to keep the 1031 from being you know eliminated from Congress. I got it. They've got all that. So that's number one. Number two is it is specialized and it is proprietary and it is protected. And that means that we don't want it to get into the wrong hands and for people to abuse it. We're very careful about who and who's able to even help people with it. Now, once you sign NDAs and you join us, like no problem, right? We're happy to share all of that. But let me tell you one story to give you even more confidence. There's a gentleman named David Young. He ran with a guy named Bill Gross. And they built PIMCO from $80 billion to $1.2 trillion. They're one of the most respected money managers in the world, Well, along with five other guys. They all retire. They get a big payday years ago. Well, they form uh, uh, David and five other guys form a group called Anfield Capital. And they reviewed the Deferred Sales Trust for a two-year period of time. And they have their legal team look at it. And they fly back and they meet with the tax attorney, who's one of my business partners. And they, they go through this whole thing for two years. And they came through with two conclusions. Number one, that might be the smartest person we've ever met. And that's the tax attorney who created the structure. I call him the Elon Musk. Of, of, of He's a tax attorney and a CPA. He's a genius. And number two, we're all in. We'll put our name on this where we'll become a part of the DST inner circle. So it's not the only reason to join us and, and look at it, but just realize there's national law firms. There's law firms in New York and New Jersey and CPA firms around for 50 years that do tens of thousands of tax returns. This is all happening, but... Most, most yeah. advisors just don't know about it. And a lot of QI companies and, and brokers want to keep you in the 1031 loop. And you, I can't blame them. I'm a broker myself. And we get big commissions with right. 1031 exchanges. So right. those are kind of the reasons I would say most people don't know about this. Amazing. You guys heard it. I hope you guys learned something new today because this is an amazing thing. And if you're a part of it or you're investing, you want to sell. And especially today, you might want to sell. You want to talk to Brett about this. Brett, thank you so much for being with us. I really appreciate it. Tell everybody how they can find you. If it's LinkedIn, yeah, so if it's your website or anything, go ahead. Yeah, capitalgainstaxsolutions.com is the place where you can find the podcast, the new book that's coming out with Kevin Heron wow. from Shark Tank. He'll be in the book with some other really smart people that are really cool. I just try to get in the book. I try to get in the room with smart people and I got in the book with some smart people. So I have a couple chapters too, but we have multifamily syndicators. We have David Young who's in the book. Of course, um, 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 a few other financial advisors as well. So you can check that out. That's capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. We also have our YouTube channel. You can go there now. We have the seven questions you should ask of every single tax deferral strategy. So whether you're vetting us or anybody else, you should go there right now and look that up. That's Capital Gains Tax Solutions YouTube channel and just search seven questions. It'll pop up. You want to watch that for about seven or eight minutes and you're going to be way ahead of the game for any kind of things that people bring to you, including us. Ask these tough questions, find out the track record and make sure you can build a team to help you achieve what you're trying to achieve. And you guys can see the links above, below, wherever. Brett, thank you so much for being with us. Really appreciate your time. Stick around. I'm going to say goodbye to everybody. You guys, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned a world of a new thing about taxes and how you can use your real estate or anything else, basically. It's like a world. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's a whole, whole uh, world of taxes and, and, and benefits. Brett, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. 
And you guys take care and I'm going to see you in the next show. Hey guys, thanks for joining me in this CRE Shark Eye show. I hope you enjoyed it. And go subscribe, download, do whatever you guys need to do. And I'll see you in the next episode. Take care of yourselves.